Welcome to On the Prowl. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of On the Prowl Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Roden. And I'm Remy Johnson. Thank you for listening to us today. Today on this episode, we have Aki Collins with us. He is the Director of Basketball Operations at New Mexico. Welcome to the show, Aki. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. How are you? Man, doing good. Just living the life. Good stuff. Glad to hear it. How has your week been so far? Uh, still early in the week. I, obviously, uh, trying to spend a little time with, with, with my kids, uh, enjoying the, the weather. Looking forward to uh, what's next on the docket for me. We wish you the best of luck. Uh, best of luck for I sure. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. What's got you into the game of basketball and just wanting to be around the game? I, I think I was exposed to the game early in life. My godfather, uh, Mike Williams, was an assistant coach at Columbia University and Fordham University for Tom Penders. And then he took the head coaching job at Colorado College. Um, then he worked various other uh, programs around the country. But uh, when he was at Columbia and Fordham, I was always around him. I, every day, uh, either he'd come get me from school or a manager would come pick me up and, and bring me up to campus. So I just got immersed in the game very early in life and so uh i think like most coaches uh realized early on that i wasn't going to be a great player <laughs> so i wanted to stay around the game i needed to find another avenue to do so and, and coaching became that vehicle for me yeah that makes sense what was your first like coaching gig that you that you can say that truly pushed you along this process it's funny uh i was in college and i don't know I'm trying to remember the actual how how this, the sequence of events played out, but I ended up coaching a group of guys in college. Uh, we were playing in some tournament and whatever reason I wasn't playing, mm-hmm. I just decided to coach the group and coach the group and we won. And I was like, oh, you know what? This is pretty cool. I think I, I, I think I can do this for a living. So that was my first exposure to it. Oh, okay. So tell us more about your coaching experience and what you've learned along the way throughout your journey. You know, I think I've been fortunate. I've worked at seven different programs in, in the NBA team. So I've kind of been around uh, the game and been around people. In order to have success, I think you have to have a great group of individuals within the organization. And it starts, obviously, with the head coach and the assistant coaches. And I think it kind of uh, trickles its way down um, to the team. And I think if you have a group, and it can be you know, they don't have to always get along. You don't have to agree on everything. I think when you challenge each other and, and you push each other, I think those are the greatest coach staffs to be on. I said, but I think there always needs to be a level of respect that goes along with that. Like, hey, we may not agree on this, but when we walk out of this room as a coach staff, we're all on the same page. And I think when you do that and you get the, the players to play hard and, and be accountable, not only on the court, but off the court, I think then you're giving yourself a chance for success. Uh, doesn't guarantee it, but you're eliminating all the factors that can play into you not having a successful team, program, season, uh, career, whatever the case may be. So I think that respect level and, and, and that ability to work and communicate is, is vital. Yeah. Now, so along your journey, you've you've been at various places and you've uh, developed certain players, for example, like Jimmy Butler, Jay Crowder, Wesley Matthews hometown Memphis guy for us, uh, Jeremiah Martin. So like, how was that? And along the way, have you like recognized a certain trait or characteristic that you, that you like in a certain player? Like, is there something like about their grit or their mentality that makes sense? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I talk about this young man on another podcast. Um, when it comes to centers, 
guys that I've worked with say I like, uh, for lack of a better term, I like fat boys. <laughs> I, I don't care what you look like as a center, as long as you can play. You know, I figure we we can get your body in shape. Oh yeah. Um, so that's that's something that people that know me kind of laugh at. They be like, "You would like that guy." <laughs> it's just it's just my thing. Um, and then I'll talk about another kid that we had. It was kind of it was at Marquette. Um, we signed Darius Johnson Odom, and the first time I went to watch DJO play. He was playing in Springfield, Mass. He was playing against John Reich's team. He was uh, DJ was at Patterson School, mm-hmm. and the kid scored one point in the game. Fast forward the ne- next year, I, I go to Marquette, and it's one of the first kids I try to sign. And he and I joke about this all the time. I was like, "Man, you literally scored one point in the game I saw you." But it wasn't the fact, and he's a great scorer. He just played so hard and was so athletic and quick and strong. I knew he was going to be okay. I mean, the stats backed it up. You know, that was just an aberration at one game. But watching his body movement, watching how he played with passion and grit, mm-hmm. that was attractive to me. Uh, had another kid from – had some Memphis roots, uh, Todd Mayo. Same, similar. You know, he just played so hard. Had a chip on his shoulder. I like guys that, you know, kind of have an edge to them. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, every time they step on the court – they're trying to prove themselves. Um, you know, we had Chris Crawford when I was at uh, Memphis, and I know Joe Jackson was the guy on that team. Tarek Black, those were the guys. One of my favorite players was Chris Crawford because Chris just had – it was a quiet disposition to him, but if you got to talk to Chris, you knew he wanted to be great. And so I like guys like that. I like guys that aren't afraid to compete. I like guys that you can coach who mm-hmm. don't take coaching personally. Like, and I tell them all the time, hey, listen, if, if I'm getting after you, that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, you need to you need to worry when I stop talking to you. I'm not <laughs> giving up. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Like, the more you coach, the more potential you see in that player. So exactly. What would you say the total differences between the scouting and the coaching side? Scouting was, was wonderful. Uh, <laughs> when you're scouting in the NBA, you, you never lose a game. You know, you, you go to the game, you write write down what you see, and you don't worry about it. So if Billy has a bad game today, you just write it down and like, I'll see him next week. Now you're coaching and Billy has a bad game. You got to figure out what's, what's going on with my guy. I need, I need him to perform at a high level. So there's a lot more that's involved uh, with coaching, and it's why I wanted to get back into coaching uh, coming from the NBA. I wanted – you know, I've missed that interaction with the players. I missed that interaction with, with the coaching staff. You know, when you're a scout in the NBA, you're really a lone wolf. You know, we we travel by ourselves every once in a while. You know, there may be somebody else with on your staff that's there, but you get to know the other scouts. But for the most part, it's it's a very routine existence. You go to the game, go home, back to the hotel, write your report, submit it, and you move on to the next series of games. And so right. it's fun, and it's something I, I I would love to get back into. Uh, at some point, but right now I have a thirst and a desire to be around uh, the players. And I enjoyed uh, the last five months uh, at the University of New Mexico. We were in a very tough situation being on the road all year, never having a home game. Okay. Um, but, you know, the chance to be around those those players and, and watch them grow and, and watch them process the difficulty that this season uh, provided them and, and watch them become better men for going through that adversity. That's yeah. what I really enjoy. And so that's what I missed about the the coaching game. 
oh, okay. the college game. Yeah. Uh, I do have a, a special requested question from my brother, Shelby. Shout out to you, Shelby. Okay. But, um, what, what do you like do during the off season, whether that be like in terms of the game or just like personal life and you don't need to get too personal, but like what's, what's the main difference between off season and like during the season? Well, off season you have, you can kind of plan out your schedule a little bit more, you know, uh, you can kind of look ahead and say, okay, you know what, on these two days, I'm going to go do this. Or on Saturday, I'm going to go play golf because kids aren't in school. There's no games. You know, uh, my head coach is, is in the Bahamas or whatever the case may be. So you can kind of plan that out. Uh, during the season, there's no such thing. All right, you're, you're locked in. Even if you have a day off, there's something that's that needs to be taken care of, whether it be uh, issue with your players or preparing for an upcoming game. And then in college basketball, recruiting is a 24 seven, 365 day vehicle. Uh, you always have to be on the phone. You have to be calling guys. You have to be trying to upgrade your, your roster for the current year or future years. So it, it's just nonstop uh, right. during the season and during the off season, you kind of have a little bit more time to yourself, but some of those things, some of those elements are still present. It sounds like us. We're always recruiting podcast guests and there you go. There you go. <laughs> reaching out, planning days and times like we were with you these past couple of days. And, you know, it's hard because a lot of times you got to reschedule and work around the schedule. Exactly. But it's the fun thing about having something that works. But, um, yeah, so you spent some time with OKC Thunder. Well, with the Thunder, uh, I was very fortunate. I mean, it's a, it's a world-class organization from top to bottom. And being able to get my first NBA experience within that organization just meant means the world to me. Um, you got to really understand the business side of it, um, how they go about preparing for the draft, how they go about preparing for the individual games, for workouts. Just from top to bottom, uh, there was a lot of talent in that building, and that talent challenged you to be great every day. You didn't want to take a day off. You didn't want to have a lax day because you knew there was other guys within that building uh, who were giving their all 24-7. And so that helped me grow quickly as a professional scout. Um, never want it when you know, we're su submitting our reports and then going over them as a group. You want to make sure that you know uh, everything about the guys in your region and I was very blessed because I had the Southeast region, but I also uh, did a lot of all the Division II stuff, Division Three, the junior college uh, scouting. And the way we set it up, uh, we've all watched other guys in other regions. So I had to be well-versed on, you know, guys out in the West that Brandon Miller had or, you know, guys in the Midwest that um, Ryan Lambert had, you know. So I had – and. Uh, just being able to know what's going on in the country, but being an expert in your own individual uh, area was, was vitally important within that organization. So it helped me not only do my job, but to see what those guys were seeing and kind of view players through their lens. So that helped my growth immensely. And so that it, I wouldn't, if I, if you're getting into business, that's, uh, I don't know about the other organizations, but that's a great organization to try to get into because they do it well from top to bottom. I got you. I got you. Well, another reason why we wanted to uh, bring you on the show on our on the Prowl show is like we've heard you, you on Jason and John a couple of times here in Memphis. Now, those two guys are great guys. And 
that's the one thing about this profession. Um, it's all ba- uh, based on relationships. Oh yeah. Uh, when I when I got to Memphis, uh, John Martin actually was working for the Commercial Appeal as their recruiting expert, and I think Jason right. Was, right. Yeah, I think Jason was the beat writer uh, mm-hmm. for the Tigers at the time, and so uh, we've had our battles. Those are really close friends of mine, uh, and we talk junk to each other. Uh, <laughs> I mean, some of the conversations that we've had offline uh, over the course of the last eight, nine years, if people heard them, they're like, are you guys really close friends? <laughs> those, are, those, are, those are really great guys. Um, and we hold each other accountable. And I'm, I'm so happy for the success that they've had. And I'm very, I was very blessed that they gave me an opportunity to have a platform on their show, uh, you know, to come on their show on a weekly basis and, and just share my knowledge with, with their audience. I'm very thankful for those guys and I appreciate it. And I want them to be the uh, absolute best they could possibly be. And even John, he just had a baby. I don't know why his wife decided to do that with him, but (laughs) it's okay. You know, we all have our faults. So congratulations to he and his wife. (laughs) I mean, you you deserve it though. You come, you came at him like that. Always, always. He'll, He'll hear this and he'll, he'll come back. I love it. Yeah, right. He probably will. We had John Martin on the show. I love it. What you guys are doing is is great. I mean, you're you're beating the streets, getting uh, quality guests on your show, and you know you guys are active on on Twitter and and I'm I'm assuming Facebook. I don't really watch Facebook, but even Instagram. The more you guys are active on social media, I think the better and the quicker your brand will grow. But making sure that you have those quality guests on, so people want to tune in and listen to. You know who's speaking, and that's that's it. it. It's I tell players this, and I'll tell you guys this also. Everybody has to run their own race, right? And when it's your time, just be ready, right? Just keep chipping away at it, keep chipping away. One day you'll get that big break that you guys are looking for, and then you're gonna look back on them like, man, we weren't prepared for this. <laughs> get prepared now. Get prepared now. That moment's gonna come. I believe in you guys. That's why I came on. Thank you so much. If, if, well, we definitely appreciate hearing that from you. Yeah, we really do. What 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 was the biggest difference between like the NBA and the NCAA? What what would you say are some of the biggest differences? Like, well, uh, Chesapeake Energy Arena is probably one of the more vocal arenas in the NBA. Oh, sounds so. Like. It's kind of similar to a college environment. You know, that's a community organization. Uh, the entire Oklahoma community. Is, is back in that, that organization. So those fans come out and it, it, it's very similar to a college environment. Um, now the NBA arenas are not like that. You know, you have more of a laid back crowd. You know, they're there for the entertainment, but uh, in Chesapeake, they get a little boisterous. So <laughs> there's a lot of familiarity between some of the college campuses I've been on in, in Chesapeake and the G arena. Yeah, I I remember a lot of those Grizzlies Thunder series when I was watching and they those Thunder fans, they would wear all those like when they had the playoff uh shirts and they'd be in like all orange yeah. or all blue yeah. and they would get into it. They'd be rowdy and yeah. yeah, it was it was fun to watch, especially when they get, but they get it was, after it. And those oh, yeah. those that organization, like I said, is a community based organization. So those those guys on that team really understand the importance of representing Oklahoma city and the state of Oklahoma. And so, uh, 
it's kind of two part. You know, the players have a responsibility and the love for the fan base, and the fan base has a love for the players and the organization. So it's a perfect marriage, and it's it's worked out well for them there. Yeah, now I like I like where that team is headed right now. I like I like Shea Gil- Gilgis Alexander a lot. I think he's a really good up and coming guy. And Mark Dagnall, I mean, I, I think that team will be all right in the next couple of years. I like Lou Dort. Lou Dort too. Yeah, that looks good. Yeah, you- I asked I asked uh, Sam a couple of months ago if I could borrow a draft pick or two. <laughs> Man, can we control the, they got, they got draft 34 the draft picks? <laughs> Sam, Sam Presti, he he's a man with a plan with these draft hey, picks. Right. Hey, I'm not I'm never doing business with Sam Presti. <laughs> I know I'm gonna get the short end of the stick. Oh man, oh yeah. He, oh yeah. Know, he, he he has a vision. Uh he's very uh, methodical in how he approaches things. Uh and just watches him work. Um on a daily basis and you know obviously i wasn't in town all the entire time i was on the road um based out of atlanta but you see his vision through how everybody within their organization works and so you know you get a better understanding of why they've been successful because it starts at the top with him and, and how he approaches things and being in that room on draft night with him and just watching him work it, it, it's 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 like watching a master uh, put a masterpiece together because he's he's really good. He he thinks outside the box and he knows what he wants. And sometimes he just asks a question just to make sure that you're seeing kind of what he's seeing. So uh, they're going to be a force. I mean, it, the the program's in good hands with Mark. Obviously, Billy did a great job. Oh, yeah. uh, I love Mark. I love both of those guys. But I'm excited to see where that uh, organization goes in the next few years. Yeah. Nothing. I'm not sure of his actual age, but if I'm not mistaken, from the looks of it, Sam Presti doesn't look necessarily old. He looks he looks on the younger side, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so he'll he'll be around for a minute too. So <laughs> I think they'll I think OKC will be just fine. And and for a small market to be able to sustain the success that they've had, oh yeah, uh, even losing the guy, I mean, <laughs> I, I tell those guys all the time. Ever since uh, Clay Bennett purchased the team when they went Seattle. How they drafted, especially early on, you got you got Kevin, you got uh, Harden, you got Russ, you got Ibaka. I mean, just those four right there. That's 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 a nice run that they went on early on, and then yeah. to be able to sustain it. I mean, you think about this: we, we had PG, we had Melo, we had Vic. I mean, there's some guys, Demontis Bonin, uh, Chris Paul, Bonus, <laughs> like. There's been some guys that they've had on that roster in the in small town of Oklahoma City, and to be able to compete at the level that they've competed at is just a remarkable feat that they've they've undertaken there. And I I don't think I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. They're they're down by their standards right now, but the future looks really bright. Oh yeah, that that future's bright. I mean, it's it's only a like six seven hour drive from here. I might have to might have to head over there sometime whenever fans are back in the stadium. So. Yeah, I'm I'm down. Well, Aki, is there anything you'd like to say to our listeners before we wrap it up today? And I just appreciate you guys uh, allowing me to come on, and I appreciate the fans for always supporting, you know, local media and and, and the local team. The city of Memphis is a phenomenal (laughs) sports town, and the fact that you guys have this 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 podcast, Tigers winning the NIT, I I know they're partying in Tiger Town right now. 
I had the opportunity to meet the whole team Sunday afternoon when they landed back in Memphis. Uh, it, it, it's definitely a family environment in the city of Memphis as, as it pertains to, to, to sports. And so that makes it one of, even though it may not be considered a big time uh, city, it's a big time sports town and, and they support the home team and they support the hometown media. And that's a wonderful thing. Oh yeah. Well, before we let you go, I wanted to, I know you were part of the thunder, but what do you think of John Morant big 12? Man, I went and saw job play, I guess, must have been a sophomore year. He was just on everybody's radar. I actually was at uh, Chris Paul camp with him. And I was like, talented little player. So it starts the season now, and everybody's talking about him. So I go and watch him play Alabama. I think he put up 40 on Alabama. Oh, yeah. That mm-hmm. night. I remember that. Yeah. He had, a, he had a drive and dunk when he came down the middle. I literally looked up, and I was like, yo, there's no way we're going to be in a position to draft this kid. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm sitting here. Like, I must be writing this information for the future when we try to trade for him because there's no way this kid's getting out of the top five. Talented, talented guy, uh, super athletic, plays with great emotion. Like, it looks like he's out there having fun, and that's what you like as a, as a fan, as a coach. Oh, Just yeah. a guy that can, at that position, who can rally his teammates and, and brings it every night. Great future ahead of him. I'm, I'm super happy for him and, and the city of Memphis because they got a good one there. Well. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today yes, on, on the proud. Appreciate you guys. Thank, Thank you guys for having me on and getting the opportunity to talk basketball and sports with you. You got right. it, man. Anytime. Thank you so much. Right. I'm Robert Roten. I'm Ramey Johnson. Love you guys. Peace. Don't forget to join us next time on the proud. With the boys, yeah, we swoop, yeah, we swoop, and we got them high blocks, and we'll shoot, and we'll shoot with the Mercedes Benz in the coop, in the coop. And this shit's so f***ing hard, it's on loop, it's on loop